0: I'll get myself settled in a second. I, you know, I can only do I can't talk and do all this at the same time, so I'm like struggling here. Um, yeah, I bring again. Uh, I was here about a month ago, my wife and I, and we just had a fantastic day morning with you guys, and then we had a, a, a great lunch with your uh, some of your leaders, getting to know them and kind of getting a better feel for the life of this community. And I'm so glad to be back um, and have already met most of you so that you know I'm not a raving lunatic, crazy man, you know, that I'm a pretty nice person. Because this morning, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit based on just getting to know you and, and, and more than that, just thinking about you guys and praying for you guys over this last month. Um, I'm going to be navigating some tricky waters here, so uh, be patient with me, okay, because I'm just trying to be obedient, you know, uh, and I want you guys to like me, you know, so, <laughs> you know, as public discourse continues to deteriorate into this anxious frenzy over the a claim to the moral high ground. You know, we've become a, a society of road ragers. And it's gotten ugly. The general public, and this is just my observations, you know, has become, as one, as one of the gospel writers described the people, he put it, he said, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus had compassion on them. You know, we're bombarded around the clock with news that's upsetting and making us fearful and angry. And we become... And and, and a lot of us have become fixated on it, causing more and more people to become anxious and cynical. Just the other day, I found an article. It made me laugh because psychologists now have even come up with a name for this condition. They call it headline stress disorder. HSD. I guess it's legitimate as long as you have some kind of a name for it, right? But most troubling to me as a pastor who has, you know, my wife and I have given our lives to taking care of people and, 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 and building community, you know. The most troubling thing is how many Christians have gotten caught up in the frenzy. Becoming hostile, disillusioned, exhausted. You know? And I think it's because they've somehow lost, somehow misplaced, in the midst of this frenzy, they've misplaced their hope. It might have happened to some of you. Has all the unrest and instability caused you to take your eyes off of Jesus and to forget that, that life is not ultimately dependent on, upon being in control or being right? It's primarily rooted in Jesus Christ, it's primarily rooted in trusting Him. See? So, if it has, I want to this morning. I, I just want to remind you of who Jesus is, and that the gospel is really is. Good news for times like this that we live in. See? That despite the turmoil, you can have hope and peace and joy. I want to remind you that, that, that the risen and reigning Christ, we sang all hail King Jesus a few moments ago. We need to remember that. You know, that the risen and reigning Christ has everything under control. That he alone is the solution to all the craziness. That despite the appearances He is bringing about something fresh and new and life-giving. And you could bet on it. So I want to take or give you a fresh look at Jesus. See? And let's start with with the, the basics. See? And remember that in him we see the way God is. The way God acts. And what his intentions for the world are. Let's remember that it all boils down to a life of neighbor acts of kindness and caring, prompted by prayer, God's love, because that's what we see in Jesus. He reveals that our existence boils down to receiving life from God. See? That that we receive life as a gift. See? And, And living it out in gratitude, like the birds of the air and the wildflowers in the field, you know, rather than from this never-ending, uh, anxious, compulsive, 24-7, chase after more, bigger, better, because we think that it will give us more control. And that means you know, that control will make us happy And secure. But it doesn't. And it can't. See? Let's not forget that to stay close to Jesus is to be secure. And that centering your life on him you'll know the mystery of how life actually works. That you'll you'll have, as we center and focus our lives on him, we'll have enough to live well. We'll have enough to live free and to live responsibly. Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what the craving of All our hearts are to be to live that way, to have a life like that. Let's remember that in contrast to those that make decisions and will power today, Jesus of Nazareth was different. Very different. He, He lived differently and he did things differently. so different that he was dangerous because that difference destabilized and subverts the powers that be, making something new happen that's unexpected that's that's miraculous you Jesus' power was different, and he used it differently. It was so different that most of the time, it didn't even look like power. How many times did his his disciples say, do something? What are you, just sitting around? Do something. Take charge. And he did things so differently that it even confused his closest followers. He was so different. He used power differently. It was so different that most of the time, you know, uh, it it didn't look like power, and, and and it was so different that it frightened and upset the powers behind the powers. He used power that didn't look like winning. It it looked more like losing. It looked vulnerable. And it looked weak. But this vulnerability and this weakness was power. See? It was the power of self giving love. And this power to love broke all the dehumanizing powers of violence, brutality oppression, exploitation, greed, sickness, disease, and ultimately the power of sin and death. Proving what Paul wrote when he said, the weakness of Christ is stronger than human strength. More powerful than the forces that shape the forces that are shaping current events right now in this country. It's power, but it's not, it's not mean-spirited, self-serving, strength and power, but it's compassionate and it's generous. And those of us who follow Jesus closely, are to become familiar with this foolish-looking strength and power and put our confidence and our hope in it despite living in a a country that believes that only the strong and only the aggressive make it to the top. Let's remember that Jesus In him we behold the glory of the Father full of grace and truth. Not the way we would suppose when we think of God's glory. Not in calculating, cunning, political ways. Not in forceful, aggressive military might. Not in grand, magnificent, religious, ceremonial ways. God reveals his glory where a a, a wayward son is welcomed home. He reveals his glory, his magnificence, where a neighbor is honored and cared for, where a, a prostitute is loved. He, dis- he revealed his glory where a crowd, a hungry crowd was fed. Where a guilty man is forgiven. Where a crippled woman stands up straight and, and laughs and dances with joy. We see the glory we never expected to see. Let's remember that in Jesus, all that God intends and wants and, and, and asks for us is revealed, is seen, is lived out right in front of us. It's, a, it's not what you expect. It's a, a daily, concrete, engaging, real-life, self-giving, yet difference-making thing. It's, It's the small seed planted in the ground growing inconspicuously, unpretentiously, out of sight, mysteriously. How did that happen? Yet, there it is. One neighborly conversation at a time. One act of kindness at a time. One offer of forgiveness at a time. It looks like one deed of reconciliation at a time. One gesture of hospitality at a time. One offer of healing prayer at a time. And let's not forget that in this way, let's not forget that the kingdom of God is really revolutionary. Jesus w- was a deep disruption. Wherever he went, he was like a misfit. He didn't fit anybody's categories. Jesus was, was weird in a mystifying way. People didn't know what to do with him. When he entered a room, everything changed. Wherever he sat, immediately became the head of the table. You know, in a world controlled by fear, alienation, hostility, anxiety, Jesus changes that by disrupting the dehumanizing, anxious status quo. See, he proclaimed in word and in deed, by what he said and by what he did, the radical good news of the kingdom of God. I want to remind you of that. The good news that he was, He did inaugurate a regime change that he announced that he was taking charge. He announced what the unheard of, the unthinkable, that God's kingdom was now available not just to the powerful, not just to the beautiful people, not just to the winners of the world. But to every Tom, Dick, and Harriet. Even the little, the least, the last, and the lost. And this was, this was unthinkable. It was unheard of. Jesus had the, the crowd spellbound. Because they they didn't think such a thing was possible. Not the way the Lord was being controlled around them. Not with those Romans, the iron fist of the Romans. Not with their history. There was nothing on the horizon that, 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 that they could point at that was hopeful. Yet there was Jesus announcing the radical kingdom of God, the rule of God. Opening up the blessings of God to everyone. What they saw was this strange guy not only talk the talk, but he walked the walk. He proved it by the way he was living, by the things that he was doing. He carried power to heal and to transform and to make things different and to make things new. the ones that had been shut out, marginalized, locked out, gained access to healing and to forgiveness. And they sensed and they saw that everywhere Jesus went, The power of a new life just swirled around him. Power for real change. To get things done and to make things right and to make things new. The blind received this sight. The lame walked. The deaf heard. The lepers were cleansed. The dead were raised. The poor Rejoiced. They were transformed into insiders while the old power brokers, the old insiders, resisted the loss of their monopoly and found themselves on the outside. The first had become the last. And finally, in in just thinking about Jesus again. In the midst of all the turmoil and commotion, let's not forget that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know what that means? It means that Jesus is the test of reality. Jesus is the test of what's real. Not the 24-7 news cycle or the so-called experts talking heads or the road rage we're becoming so used to. Jesus becomes for us a a new lens through which we reread the headlines a lens through which we measure and understand power and social justice and community. You want to know about truth? You want to know about good sense? You want to know about right and wrong, justice, well-being, peace of mind, goodness? You want to know what the future holds? Look at Jesus. Remember Jesus. And rather than joining in the frenzy, we can live as citizens of, the, of God's kingdom of peace and of well-being. Not disengaged, not with our heads buried in the sand, but engaged in the world around us in a new, different, healing way. The way Jesus was. Let's remember that this is not. This isn't a liberal thing. A conservative thing. A Republican thing. A Democrat thing. This is a kingdom of God thing. It's about the truth of the gospel. Are we going to believe it or not? See? The truth about Jesus who said, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will be, when you join your life to mine, you will be immersed in a whole new life-giving reality. That's what he was talking about there. It's the truth of Pentecost that at Pentecost, A powerful force, a powerful new force uh, was unleashed in the world on that day for transformative newness in the world. The Holy Spirit breathing new life and energy into us and through us, into our workplaces, into our homes, into our neighborhoods. a life force, the Holy Spirit, God, carrying us beyond ourselves, what we can do on our own, what we can do at the, what the best of us could ever do, the smartest ones among us could ever do, a power, a life force, carrying us beyond ourselves, beyond our egos, beyond our fears, Beyond our own abilities to speak and act like Jesus. This is going to require a different type of engagement. A different type of engagement with the powers that be. A hopeful and loving engagement. An engagement. That's God-breathed, Holy Spirit-inspired and energized. An engagement that only comes by staying close to Jesus and being controlled by his spirit. An engagement that starts with, here it is, with self-surrender and is sustained by scripture, by prayer, and moves us to forgiveness and neighborly generosity, something strange and different in the world that we live in today, even towards, even towards those we fear because they are different, even towards those we don't like much and disagree with. This is not about an ideology. It's about being human in a whole new way. In a gospel way. See? It's about being good neighbors and peacemakers and hope bringers and neighborhood healers a Jesus way, a kingdom of God way. A way that opens the that's open to the spirit of God's ability to bring about something new that seems impossible right now. New solutions to in tr- old, intractable fears and barriers and struggles that we never seem to get, get past. A new way, open to the newness of God's kingdom and new creation. Now, I, I can go on and on and on talking about Jesus. You can tell, right? Because I think I'm a little bit over my head in talking this way. Because my hope goes beyond what I can even imagine. And at the worst of times, it has carried myself, my wife, to the most unjust, most horrible things. But I know it's out there. And I know it's in there, in me. When I get when I can get past the frenzy and the fear and the anxiousness. What will it take for you to become this type of Jesus person? What will it take for this church to become this kind of crazy, revolutionary kind of community here in this neighborhood? What will it take? Well, at the risk of sounding so naive that you think I'm ridiculous, I believe it's simply this. I I believe that it's being a community of people that constantly remembers Constantly dwells on, not as an aside, not as an afterthought, not as a Sunday thing, but constantly remembers and keeps in mind and centers their lives on Jesus and the gospel. Holding on to an unshakable confidence in Christ's kingdom that will make you immune to things like the headline stress disorder or whatever they want to call it, immune from the road rage that's swirling around us. Becoming people of hope, a community of hope in a dark, dark, and despairing world. People are looking for hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. The gospel is the message of the hope. Let's, let's let people know about it. Mike, uh, can I put you on the spot? Uh oh. I told you I was on over my head. You mentioned that there are some times where you've experienced this type of connection in Jesus, carrying through difficult times, um, and you can say no to this. Is there? It would be very hard, wouldn't it? But is there a story from your life that you feel comfortable sharing? Well, I'll just simply say this: that there was a time where my wife and I were blackballed because of, you know, uh, we were uh, not going with the status quo of what all our friends believed and all our, our, you know, our, 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 you know, family kind of people that we were doing life with agreed with. And we were unjustly, you know, blackballed cast out of the tribe lost all our friends because we were following what we thought was God for us. And I wanted to throw up. I was so sick and angry. And I got, um, you know, because it's just unfair. I'm trying to be good and people are treating me bad. And, uh, you know, and... So I called somebody up that knew more than I did to complain and to rage and to shout and to howl at the moon because I was depressed. It was depressing me. And you know what? I, at, there was at a point I couldn't get out of bed. I was just laying there, and I heard the voice of the Lord. And I, I'm not one of those that say, oh, the Lord." was. I heard it crystal clear. So, Mike, if I took everything away from you, if I stripped you of everything that you, you, you hold so dear and you, you gain so much security and so much self-esteem from, if I took that all away from you, that means you're not going to follow me? And I couldn't answer. And that not being able to answer was devastating. I realized that I had... I had uh, you know, I was following Jesus only when it was convenient, only when it ended up, you know, with me being on the winning side. And my hope was in those things and not in Him. And I just couldn't move. I was so shamed. I was ashamed of myself. But it was the beginning. And when I called my friend, this person, about this, uh, he said, don't defend yourself. Let Jesus be your defender. And that's the word I have for people that are caught up in, in what we see is blatantly wrong in the world around us. Let Jesus be our defender. He's got it under control. You know, I learned some deep lessons like that, you know. Is that okay? Listen, today, I believe Jesus is standing before us. I do. I'm, I'm not being dramatic. I believe his spirit is here. I think those of you that are familiar with, with the presence of God can sense he's here. And I might not have gotten this thing 100% right, but something's happening. The Lord is speaking truth here. You know, eat the chicken and throw away the bones. That's what I say about this message. You know, but I believe that he's speaking to us. And he's talking to those of, of you that are tired and exhausted and f- fearful. Not Maybe, maybe it's not about the current events. Maybe it's about something in your family. Maybe it's something about your career or lack of. Maybe it's something, you know, maybe it's your health or someone you love. But somehow you've lost your hope or you're just hanging on to it with your bare knuckle, your bare knuckle in it as a, a follower of Jesus. And you're tired. I believe that Jesus would would be saying, come to me and I will give you rest. Right now, I'll start to give you a peace that passes all understanding. Remember me. Remember, I have everything under control. Nothing, nothing, nothing is taking me by surprise. Nobody has slipped in that I don't know about, that is not under my domain and rule. Nothing. I got it. I'm handling it. And as you trust me, I will cause you to live well, to live free, and to live responsibly, like you've always dreamed about. Remember. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Don't be discouraged. I have overcome the world. Let's pray. You guys are a powerful force. I don't think you even realize there's so much more to you guys than, than meets the eye. God is doing a work in your lives in the midst of trouble. Trust Him. Trust that He does things differently. <coughs> Crazy. Sometimes it doesn't look like winning, <coughs> but it looks like love. Trust that He's on the job in your lives, in your communities, in this nation. He is. Trust. The Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. We want that rest now. We need your rest and your peace in the midst of the storm. Breathe on us now. Peace. And hope. Help us to remember. Okay, I don't want to make you know make this a show or anything like that, but. <clears throat> If you're here and you're one of the ones that are just tired for whatever reason, you feel spiritually fatigued, in need of encouragement, okay? there's no shame in that. That's just the way it is, living in a, in, in a fallen world that we live in. It gets that way. And that's when the body needs to fight for one another and encourage one another. This is when we become the body of Christ. So, if you're here like that in that condition, I'm going to ask that you stand, so that we can pray for you. I'm talking about we're all going to join in and pray. So, again, I'm not. I know that's I believe the Lord will, will 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 is actually do something for you. So, stand to your feet. Where are you? yeah I know yeah come on, no shame Just focus on Jesus, okay, not the people in the room, just again Jesus okay? now, those of you that are seated seated look around there's a number of people that stood up, I would like at least one or two people to stand with them and gently put your hand on their shoulders. If, okay? Come on. Don't let anybody be standing by themselves. You're the body of Christ. You're the community of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you, in some, I don't know why he chooses it this way, but he uses us to express himself, his care, Okay? Now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. I pray, Lord, that right now, you would, give, you would let those that have stood up know that, first of all, they're not alone. That you understand and that you have for them. If they'll just, just help them to just recover, trust and the ability to to have faith, even in the darkness, even when they don't have the answers, to just keep holding on to you. I pray in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit, you would release now, in some tangible way, in their souls, your peace. Right now, In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, let them know that you're there. Lift the anxiety. Lift the anger. Lift the discouragement. Let hope rise up within them unexplainable peace that passes all understanding. Let it rise up within their souls so that when they look around them, they don't just see what's bad, but they, they can start to, to see you at work around them, with them, in their situations. I bless what you're doing. I bless what you're doing. Let the gospel take on new, concrete meaning in their everyday lives. I ask this in your strong and powerful name. Your wonderful and beautiful name. Lord Jesus, all hail King Jesus. We believe you have everything on control. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.